you know, I feel like I'm just hobbling together parenthood with like scotch tape. (laughs) You know how there's that section in the celebrity magazines that says something like, they're just like us. And it shows celebrities doing everyday things like walking their dog or having coffee or not wearing makeup. The whole time I was talking to Katie Lowe's, I just kept thinking, she's just like us. She is just like all the moms out there who are solo parenting this week because their partner has work events. She turned her closet into an office so she can get work done away from her kids. She finds it hard to make time for herself and prioritize self-care because the reality is that even when you're in Hollywood, that being a working mom is still hard as hell. And I absolutely love that Katie shared all of that with us. Work Like a Mother, a podcast dedicated to real conversations with incredible women juggling work, life, and motherhood. I'm Bridget Garsh, co-founder of Neighbor Schools and your host. Today, I'm excited to sit down with Inventing Anna and Scandal actor Katie Lowe's. This week, Katie joins us to discuss launching her podcast, Katie's Crib, Navigating Pregnancy and Postpartum in Hollywood, and why access to quality childcare matters. Katie keeps it real and connects with the challenges that all moms face juggling career and family. I'm so excited to be chatting oh, with you. Welcome. You. Thank Welcome. you. Thank you. I sure I'm sure you get this all the time. I was a huge scandal fan. Absolutely oh. huge fan and how you brought Quinn to life was just Absolutely amazing. Thank you, um, Bridget. But then you went and launched this incredible podcast. And then I really like, you know, became even more of a fan of yours as, oh. as a person. And I want to start with hearing the inspiration for the, the podcast. And like, how did you take that very first step of saying, I'm going to do this now? Yeah, you know you know, I don't know if I would have had the, I mean, God, you're so brave because you're, you're doing it. I, I really, it was all Shonda Rhimes idea. It was the last season of scandal. I was pregnant with my son, Albie for the whole last season and then had him and took a maternity leave and then came back to shoot. And so Shonda was really on the whole journey with me of being pregnant. I had had a miscarriage before my son and she, knew all about that because I, you know, as when you work in showbiz and you're fortunate enough to be on a show that's long running, you get pretty close to your uh, work people because we work like 80 hour weeks and they really, the scandal cast and crew was really family for me. So Shauna knew I was trying and I had had a miscarriage and she knew I was pregnant and she'd been on the journey with me the whole time and was such an amazing boss and friend throughout. And once I had him and she saw just how vulnerable and raw and hormonal and funny, I think she thought I was, (laughs) she uh, was like, out of the blue, just was like, you should have a podcast and it should be called Katie's crib, literally. And I was like, okay, 
Yeah. I would have loved a podcast to listen to during this time. I mean, I, who in the hell has time to read books when you're pregnant? Like, no. I mean, that's why, I mean, the books that I do push and I do love that are like, okay, let's skim to the chapter that's dealing with like what I need to know quickly right, because I need right. to digest information. Um, and so I, it was really kind of like, like guerrilla efforts. Like she gave me a producer who'd never done it before. We would meet in Albie's little uh, playroom in my house. And anyone I knew who I was a mom who happened to be actors or celebrities who were friends of mine or doctors that I had worked with or selfishly just information I wanted to know. Like I was having pelvic floor issues. So I like called the best pelvic floor therapist in Los Angeles. And I'm like, come on, Katie's crib. And so it became this thing. And what's been so wild about it is the sense of community, especially during isolation and COVID times in my second pregnancy. Um, but also it's the thing that when I'm walking down the street, you would think it's scandal, which it is. Fans do come up to me for scandal, but more, a lot of women come up to me incredibly emotional. Um, because they are Katie's Crip listeners and they listened and, and used the information and and felt less alone and I think laughed during their pregnancies and toddler times and all of that. And so that it's really special to me. Well, I mean, as as is evidence from our like how we started this conversation, right? Like you just keep it so honest and unfiltered and there's no, I don't know, like pretense, like I should, there's no, I should, there's no, I should, it just is what it is. And that's so refreshing. Oh, I'm glad. I mean, I don't, I don't know any other way. I just don't, I've never, um, and, and I have such respect for artists and actors who, you know, really keep that all private or they, um, just really seem like they have their shit together and they probably do have their shit together. That's just not me. <laughs> I'm honestly just too tired. And, and it just, it feels authentic for me. I think that's the other key here is that it just really feels authentic. It does. I, I question and talk to people I want to talk to. Mm -hmm. I, I have my finger sort of on the pulse. Well, anyway, so the, the moms of it all, I have my, I just have a lot of mom friends in my life. And so it's been really great to have a podcast because I text them all the time. I'm like, what do you guys want to talk about? What's the latest? What's going on? Who who's potty training? Who doesn't know about this? Like, what's the latest fad in whatever, you know? And I'm like, I'll find someone and get them on the show. So it's been great when you're thinking about guests that you're going to have on or just mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. you're planning an upcoming season, like what do you really hope that people will get out of, out of listening? I mean, I hope that they're definitely able to scroll through the episodes and play the ones that, that resonate with them mm -hmm. at the moment. And I think what's cool is that they are recorded sort of evergreen. So like, you know, we did a huge breastfeeding situation, you know, years ago when that's what I was facing. And now I'm so past it, but I feel really confident in the material and the information still. And so people can go back and listen to that or the potty training one or all the work we've done on postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety and, you know, sex therapy. So it's just very obvious that you can 
And then for me, you know, like I really enjoy listening to podcasts like Armchair Expert, where like people are just talking. So I also really enjoy giving people the episodes where it's just like talking motherhood with someone you might be a fan of, whether that's America Ferreira or Gabrielle Union or, you know, any of the awesome celebrities I've had on. I also just I always learn something when I hear from a mom. You know, and I and I trust and believe in my listeners that they're going to take what they need and leave the rest. This isn't a podcast where I tell you what to do or how mm-hmm. you should parent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have literally no idea what I'm doing. And some days I do great and some days I'm fucking horrible. Um, but I give you an array of expert opinions and then moms who've been through it themselves. And again, you take what you need and leave the rest. Well, and I love what you said a few minutes ago about like this community, especially during COVID times. I mean, that's part of why we started work like a mother. Um, And I actually think our kids might be around the same age. Mine are four and one. What are yours? Four and two. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Super similar. Very similar. And it was. Geez, COVID. No, no, not good. Not good. And and it was all of a sudden you're alone, right? As if pregnancy and maternity leave, at least for me, were very isolating the first time. And then to actually be alone. When, when, when did you give birth to your second son? He was born April, 2020. So it was still really early. So you were home with the newborn, completely fucking terrified. Yep. Like not like you were with a newborn at the time of like wiping down our groceries. Yes. A hundred percent. And, and calling the hospital like every day before delivery being like, can my husband change the rules? Yep. Can my husband come? Can my husband come? And just thinking, please let, let that happen. Or what what did you feel? Would you have had, uh, would you have changed your birth plan? Had he not been allowed in? I don't know. I think it would be, it's so different. Cause it was a, it was the second. same. I felt the same way. I felt so strongly and horribly for the pregnant women in my life who it was their first exactly. who were like literally making changes. Like I'm going to have a home birth or I'm going to do this for me because it was my second. And maybe we can connect on this. I felt very much like, honey, you stay here with our son. You right. watch him. I will get to that hospital. I will get this baby. I will bring this baby home. Like it was almost like a divide and conquer and just do not get COVID. You know what I right. mean? Like, and it was very much like, I don't even fucking need you there. Just send me off. Like in the fucking olden times when women used to go do this in a hut with other women, like, I don't need you goodbye, you know, right. but it, but had it been my first geez, I would have been absolutely horrified, terrified to go alone. I could not agree more. My husband, he'll probably kill me for saying this, but he's like also very nervous around like a cut, like a paper cut sort of stresses him out. So, um, that part of it, like (laughs) he probably would have been relieved. He would have been like, Oh, I'll be home. I'll just stay home. I'll just stay home. That's hilarious. Oh, that's Uh, But the nurses, right. Like everybody at the hospital, I think I just knew from the first time too, that they're going to be so incredible and so supportive. Oh yeah. Like it's not like I'm not going to have a support system. You guys nurse. I mean, I pray this for everyone. I had a very similar experience and I hope it's like this all over the country, but nurses, that are in labor, they're amazing. I mean, you have to be an amazing person. But anyway, yes, very isolating time. I I honestly think we will be 
feeling the effects and the trauma of this for years to come. Um, I was not well, like I really think, I mean, it's, it's not a secret. It's all over my podcast, but I had horrible postpartum depression with my daughter. And I, I think I would have had it anyway, but you know, when you have your, you, when you're struggling with depression and anxiety, you're also looking for a villain and, and COVID really mm-hmm. was that for me. Like I was so scared and I'm such an extrovert and I'm such a family person. And I really did feel alone. And I also just felt not only terribly scared that my daughter was going to get sick, but it was also that I, if I invited my 60 something year old parents that I was going to get them sick. It was just the fucking worst, but Katie's crib was a real light. It really, really was. And it was nice to be around. Some women were totally struggling and some women were not. Mm -hmm. Some women were really comforted that they really did not have to go anywhere. Like some women were really thriving in the experience. That was not me. Well, one of the things I love that you are so open about in general is self-care and you talk a lot about it. What does self-care look like for you these days as you're talking to me from your. This week is a absolute (laughs) nightmare. So this, uh, this is, I'm coming to you hot from my clawfist is what I call it. It's my safe space. Like it's, it's a, it's a walk-in closet. My husband built a little uh, desk in the drawers. And um, at one point I did entertain the idea of like putting a backdrop up so that people wouldn't see it. And then I was like, I don't fucking care. (laughs) Here's my robe. Here's my stuff. Enjoy. Um, The door has a lock on it. So my, my children, once I'm in here, they know that it's off limits, but I'm sorry. What was your question again? Hello, mom brain. About what does self-care look like? Oh, right, right, right. That's why, that's why it went up. That's why it just went to complete darkness because there isn't any. <laughs> oh my God. This week especially is just, I'm I'm wrapping a new TV show. I'm in every scene. I'm like going to work and it's, it. Uh, you know, I'm so fucking lucky at the person I chose to marry and co-parent with because he's a very, very, very involved dad. And he is not here. Um, he's shooting 14 hours away. So when that it's, it's like just, it's nuts. Um, but what's so crazy also about being an actor is like, I rap on Friday night and come Saturday I'm unemployed and I will be a full-time mom. So it's such a whiplash effect of, and my porch, my children really have gotten used to it where it's like this week, mommy is like you will see her from seven to 8 a.m. And then I'm going to get in the bed with you at like 8 p.m. and snuggle a little bit. You know, that's about it for this week. But um, self-care. I'm a big, hardcore disco napper. Like I'm really good at like shutting down the system for 10 minutes and it doesn't have to be sleep. It can just be like letting my thoughts. I mean, some people probably call it meditation, but I don't because I'm not sitting up. I have to lay down <laughs> and I close my eyes. I I sometimes completely fall asleep and 10 minutes later, I don't even know. I set my alarm for 10 or 15 minutes later. Sometimes I really fall asleep and wake up and don't even know what day it is. And some, And sometimes I just close my eyes and think about 
watch thoughts go by, just mindless kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's really big for me. I'm a big shower at night person. I do not like to get in my bed with the day on me. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big, like, I love coffee at seven o'clock in the morning. And then my big self-care is I do like a fucking tea time at three 30. I have to get through the bedtime routine. Like I can, who the hell is getting through this without another caffeine hit at three, three 30. Like, are you out of your mind? I would. So three, three 30, I have to have another caffeine tip. I usually like a PG tips an English tea. And then I have to have like a cookie <laughs> with it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay. Is this like the most pathetic self-care you've ever heard in your life? Did you think I was giving myself facials? No. Uh Uh-uh. It's the little things though. Self-care to me is a lot of book reading is like a big, if I get to sit down and read a book. And again, I find it so much easier to uh, hold yourself accountable. I really love reading, but I was never letting myself do it as a Mm self-care item. And I actually, it's so lame, but it was a big shift. I joined a book club is everyone else in book clubs? And I just like missed the mark. Like, I, are you in a book club? I'm not, I'm not. I, I struggle on the, the reading front. I'm like a, are you, are I you too tired? Like two pages and then, and then you then fall asleep. I'm, I'm falling asleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. except yeah. for I'm reading Reshma Saujani's new book pay up. Um, oh, how is it? And it's absolutely incredible. Well, so, that- so I do the reading when my kid, so my kid watches TV, right? And he gets a 30 minute show or whatever. And instead of using that 30 minutes mm. to do a load, make a bed, cook a chicken finger, whatever the fuck it is, I actually say, no, I'm going to also, he gets to undo his mind for 30 right. minutes. I'm going to read for 30 minutes in my bedroom. I say, you're going to sit here on this couch and watch as mom's going to go read and do her stuff for 30 minutes. And I read. And then I do that shit later, like yeah. whatever. Like I just, I'm like, no, break, break time, break, break. Like I can't because yeah. we never stop. What other self-care things do I do? I have not worked out in like a good long hot while and that's not good (laughs) because I do feel better when I do. I really like, and and I try to be very gentle with myself. I, I think everyone needs to do whatever feels good for them, but I am not someone that likes to work out in the first like year of having a baby. I just, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel right to me. If anything, I like walking and I like hiking and I like things like that, but I do like to work out pretty hard, like lifting and spinning and all that stuff. But I'm, I don't get back to that until I feel the want and need to do that. And I'm, I'm just starting to feel that motor again. And she's 14 months and I'm just starting to be like, Oh shit. Yeah. I want to get on my fucking spin bike or I want to like go for a two mile run. Like it's just starting to wake up in me. And it's probably because I'm breastfeeding. So only a couple times a day. Yeah. Um, but I'm just really gentle. I'm like, I have the rest of my life for all that. What did your, you mentioned a little while ago, how with Albie, you were still like shooting the last season of scandal. So like, what did your maternity leave look like? What about your return to work? Well, I was so lucky because my boss was Shonda and I had heard for years, if you're going to have a baby, you should do it under Shonda's watch because Hmm there are still a lot of bosses in Hollywood that will not support you in this the way Mm. you should be supported. And I remember I went out to 
lunch with um, Sarah Drew, who played April. And I know Jessica Capshaw had her like four babies on Grey's or and, and a lot of people she had just taken a lot of actors through transitioning to motherhood on her shows. And so I worked up until 37 weeks, 38 weeks, but it never felt bad or dangerous or scary because I felt supported. Like it never felt, it always felt like if I had to do hard or scary, like I remember I had to do one really hard and scary episode and they were like so nervous. There was like an OB from Grey's Anatomy, like waiting in the wings. I was like nothing, you know, like it's like they were just so, they assigned a specific PA to me to like make sure I had every snack I wanted. My trailer, they built a deck with stairs on it that were at a better angle than regular trailer steps because someone had slipped years earlier. So I was so supported up until the end. I I probably could have worked another week or two, but they like were like, no, (laughs) go home. And then I had off basically, I, I had him October 2nd and then I didn't come back until January um, after the holidays. And then even after the holidays, I really, she was writing me lighter, Mm -hmm. you know, like gently. And then I can remember my first episode back. Carrie Washington was directing and she had had her two babies on scandal. And so it was literally the perfect storm of just what do you need? You got this. When do you need to pump? What's your schedule? The baby's going to be in your trailer with your nanny and you can go back as often as you need for breastfeeding, which they, everyone in the cast and crew had already been so used to because working in Shondaland, they'd done it before. Like right. it, nothing was a shock. And, it, and honestly, it was such a pleasure. I, I wish mm-hmm. all women could have this because we're really good at our jobs. And if you support us in also motherhood, we feel even more passion for the job. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I I will work with Shonda Rhimes till the end of time, not only because he's a genius, but because she supported me through it, um, you know, supported me so incredibly through Mm -hmm. both of my pregnancies and after my pregnancies. And then the second time I was pregnant, she was amazing again. I mean, they pushed all my scenes in Inventing Anna to be at the end of the shoot because I, oh, look who's here. Here comes my son. So clearly I didn't lock the door. Hey, buddy boy. I love it's Bridget. So honey, can you keep playing with our love Carmen? Because I'm in the middle of this work call for a little bit longer. That sounds good everyone that's just the sound of him touching every key on my laptop i need 20 more minutes baby i love you everybody he wants me to leave the door open but i am slowly closing it and now it is locked okay (laughs) good lord he's adorable thank you i agree adorable um well okay so rewind we're talking about your return to work oh yes and it, go it ahead. was, yeah, just, it was great. When I came back to inventing Anna, they put, um, I got pregnant a week before shutdown. So March 8th ish, I got pregnant in 2020 and March 13th, we were still shooting inventing Anna. we had only done about half of it when we got shut down. And then March 13th was like 
shut down, shut down. And then March 18th, I was like, holy shit, I'm late. I took a pregnancy test. I was pregnant. And then I called Shonda first. And I was like, um, are we going back to work? When, what am I going to do? And she was like, first of all, congratulations. This is so exciting. And she was like, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. And then cut to, it took a very long time to get back to work. And then they took all the scenes that my character had left and they pushed them all the way to the end of the shoot. So I had Vera November 22nd of 2021, no, 2020, excuse me. And then March of 2021 is when I went back to work on Inventing Anna. Uh, Shonda. Shonda. Oh, I mean, the woman bow down, bow down. But she's also like, I don't understand why it's not like this everywhere. Like, it, cause she's just like, it's not that hard. It's not that big of a deal. And it makes everybody happy and everybody safe. And you came from a mother, like every single, like I, you know what I mean? So, um, she's an amazing boss and an amazing friend and she treats all of her moms and pregnancies and all of that very, very well. Well, I hope every employer is listening, going to listen to this episode and then follow Shonda's lead. Uh, So, and I love that. It's just like, like she can't even comprehend why it wouldn't be this way. Like, well, no, but you know, people have such fear. I can remember like paying it forward. I remember like even though my lovely um, cleaning person, Nellie, who, who has worked with me for 10 years, she has been pregnant three times. And every time she comes, she's telling me, she'll be like, I have something to tell you. And I'm like, what? And she's like telling me like, it's such a bad thing. Like Mm. I'm pregnant. What does that mean? And I'm like, you know, like I feel so I'm just like, this is so awesome. Right. Like you will take the time that you need. We will see how the pregnancy goes, how you're feeling. If you can be on your feet. She was like, will I have a job waiting for me? Absolutely. I'm like, I will pay you. Like, it's just like, yeah, duh. Like, what are we doing? Like it's, it's, and even though that's so small and like, it's not, you know, a corporation or it's not this, that, or the other thing, it's like, it's ingrained in us to be as women, I think, afraid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, wait, yes, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, thank you for sharing your transition. How would you say that motherhood has like transformed your career? Oh, it's transformed my career for the better. I mean, I think on a multitude of levels, I think my acting is so much stronger in a way just because I've experienced more life things. Mm -hmm. And also it's not the most important thing in my day. Um, I also work differently. I have to work differently. Everything is quality over quantity. Like I'm so impressed at what I can accomplish in 30 minutes, what used to take me two hours, Mm -hmm. um, because I don't have the luxury of that sort of time anymore. But I also just think like my acting has just gotten deep. Like it's just deeper with age, with experience, with, I love, like, I feel so excited to grow old and like play mom roles. You know what I mean? Like it really excites me. And like in my twenties, I feel like in our teens, we were just trying to play young all the time and, Mm -hmm. and 
hot or something. And I'm just like, oh God, like, no, thank you. Like I want to play moms with depth and complexities and, and contradictions and vulnerability and rawness and all that stuff. So I'm excited about that, but also, you know, I tell this to my friends, a lot of my girlfriends, when they're thinking about getting pregnant or trying to, you know, they're just so scared that their career is going to evaporate. And I just really, I have not seen that to be the case. I really haven't. I I just feel like, I mean, I have seen 100% women who are top of their field, meet their baby and they're done. They want to be home with their baby. And that is a choice they made and they are happy with it. I mean, I have one friend who's an incredible journalist was writing for every single magazine, stay at home mom with four children. Couldn't be happier. My other friend who's about to be on my podcast, she was a top, top fucking lawyer. This other thing, met her daughter, ran the numbers was like, it's cheaper for me to stay home. And I want to, Mm -hmm. which was the most, she was like, I really want to, she can't believe it. She talks to me. She's like, I literally can't believe I'm this person. And she's like, maybe I'll go back to work one day. But like right now, this is really what brings her joy. Not that it's not hard. It's hard. Yeah. But she, it brings her joy and she doesn't want to be anywhere else. That's not my story. I, the stay at home mom time of COVID um, and the stay at home mom times that I've had in between jobs. I actually am not, I'm it actually, I'm not as strong of a mom. I'm, I'm a much better mom when I'm working. Um, that's just how I am. Like I like going to my work and I love my job. And I also love going home and seeing my kids. And it's funny. I don't want to do either one of them a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> like I just don't. Yeah. Um, it, re- it reminds me of, I remember reading something about Ruth Bader Ginsburg where where she was basically like, she cherished that time. Like, obviously she loved her work, but she also loved going home and being with her kids and spending that time with them. And she couldn't imagine like life without those two things. And I, I think what's so fascinating is how it's this like visceral reaction, right? Like you either sort of feel, I don't know, you almost like get more in touch with your own self and like what's important to you because you have this clarity and it's not even like intentional clarity in some ways. It's like this gut reaction to, I want to work outside of the home and I want to have a family or this changed my life and I want to be with my family all the time. Um, And I, I, I think, you know, in the context of our work with neighbor schools, we want everyone to have that choice. We want yes. everyone to have the yeah, that's available choice, so right. that they can make that decision without feeling forced. being forced into it or yeah. feeling like they had no options. What you guys do is absolutely incredible. I cannot wait to have you on Katie's crib and to talk all about. I, it's so important that women feel and families feel like there's a viable option of getting great care for their children so that they can also do what they love to do, mm-hmm. but also know that their child's getting looked after in a great way. And it's also cost-effective and all of those things. Like it, it should be. Do you have a school in your home? No. 
No, we don't have no. a school in, but there are some nearby, like my son's at a home preschool right down the road. It's a mile away. Ah, oh, do you love it? Love it. I can't imagine anything else. There are 10 children. He just loves going. He mm. loves going. He's so happy. And to have, like you were just saying, like I am able to do the work of building a company Yeah. because it's just not a thought in my mind. Like I know right. he's so happy and cared for that. I don't, don't even think about worry. it. It's so yeah. great. It's I don't even have to think about it other than when I take my work hat off. And now I'm like, okay, I'm ready to page in. Like, tell me all of the amazing things that you got to do today and learn and yeah, experience. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me. I have some pleasure. I have some rapid fire questions for you. Let's do it. Okay. What's one piece of mom gear you can't live without? I am obsessed. I don't know if this is gear, but does everybody have boogie wipes? <laughs> I don't know. They're pretty amazing. So, do you use them? The like, yeah, like the saline. Yeah, they're boogie stuff. wipes. The, yeah. the the company is boogie wipes. They're made with saline. And like, we just like, I don't know, cold season, not COVID, but like, holy shit. Well, we wipe our noses a lot right now. And boogie wipes are in like every bag and on everybody's side table. Um, my daughter's nose is like a freaking faucet. I'm obsessed with my Dagny Dover diaper bag. Who do you love to follow on Instagram? I love Janet Lansbury. I love children eating color. Mm. I love busy toddler. I love uh, Lizzie Asso, just called the workplace for children. I have food for tots. I do. Dr. Becky. I do. Who do you do? I am obsessed with Dr. Becky. I mean, I, obsessed. I think of her at least seven times a day. Oh, also manifest destiny. Oh, I, that's new. That's new. Oh my God. She's amazing. That's amazing. Okay. What's one hack that makes your life easier? Sometimes let your kid go to school in their pajamas. Mm. Who fucking cares? Like, what are we doing? It doesn't matter. Some days I just like take it off the list. I'm like, great. Guess what today is? I like decide too. I like go in there. It's just like, I can't take it. You know, like I, I have a busy morning and I'm just like, guess what? You want to wear your pajamas to school today? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, awesome. Done. (laughs) That is amazing. And what's on your nightstand right now? Okay. I have, um, a gua sha face thing. I have my Kindle. I have some face oil. The mom book that I'm about to start that I have to refer back to is called how to raise an adult. Mm. I don't like, I don't like reading full books, but it's by Julie Lithcott Hames, who I've had on my podcast. She's a genius. She was the Dean at Stanford university for like a trillion years. Um, and she's wrote this book called how to raise an adult. And it's really cool because it breaks down in years what chores your little ones could do. 
Hmm. And that's what's dog-eared right now next to my bed. Cause I, I just want to relook again at like four, four and a half, like what would be, because she said the two things that successful adults have in common. And I don't mean success in terms of money. I mean, like she interviewed and studied adults that have loving, meaningful relationships, purpose in their life. They feel fulfilled, um, you know, things like that. And the things they have in common is they either did chores as a child or had a part-time job. Hmm. So, you know, and not chores, like here's your reward. I'm like, not into that. Right. I, I'm like, you're part of this household. Right. Here's, you're, what you're, you have to, here's what you have to do. Like, you don't get a treat for like making your fucking bed right. or a star, uh, like make 100%. your fucking, make your bed. Like you, this isn't like special. Like we're all here. We're all part of this family and we all have to do a little bit of work to make it function. Yeah. This was so wonderful. And thank you so much for having me on. And I can't wait to have you on Katie's crib and to ask you all about neighbor schools and what you have been up to and how you are helping the moms day in and day out. I can't wait. Work Like a Mother is produced by Neighbor Schools. Neighbor Schools is a startup in Boston that I co-founded in 2018 to help parents find daycare. As a first-time parent, finding childcare can feel scary and intimidating. At Neighbor Schools, we help you find daycare you'll feel really good about so you can go back to work with the peace of mind that your little one is getting the socialization, support, and stimulation they need to learn and grow. We've helped thousands of moms and dads figure out the daycare search. Check us out at neighborschools.com. And when you get in touch, mention that you discovered us on the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you next time.